Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, and I am joined by Mr. Daniel Danny Wayne Greer, Mr. Locker Room uh, extraordinaire himself. The rooms always work. His audio is always never failing. How are you doing, Daniel? What an absolute joke. What a joke. <laughs> Shout out those guys. It is guys. a joke because... God. <laughs> We are uh, we're doing this through our old school Zoom way uh, because we have just the past couple of weeks we have had issues with our locker rooms either not being able to get into them because they don't work or they crash on us or we actually have a room and we record it quote unquote it doesn't actually record and we don't get the audio so you probably uh, that is where we have been the past couple of weeks now last week I was off it was my birthday so we did some special stuff with the family so I wasn't there last week but Daniel held it down by himself and the audio didn't work so right. uh, that's why we did not have an episode so the things that we have posted have basically been all of your Grizzlies edition because that's not on the locker room uh, so we are back here to Old Faithful because we felt like it was more reliable still love the locker room love the people the, love the app, but um, we've just been having too many recent issues with it that we thought it would be safer because we have a very interesting topic, I think, today. Um, before we get started, I guess, Daniel, do you have anything you want to interject? Yeah, I do. Um, if, if you didn't hear the uh, the NFL draft episode, uh, that's okay. This is an NBA uh, episode, uh, and it was kind of on the Grizzlies part of it, my part of it. But Josh Allen did a good job. Uh, if you heard some of the people he liked, um, you might should have put your money behind them, such as maybe me and Ryan both did. Um, and uh, let's say it was a clean sweep for the old Daddy G last night on the draft. <laughs> I um, I did not put up tons of money, but I put up enough to get a little uncomfortable, and um, I got okay. really comfortable at the end of the night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think I always kind of glance at the drafts, but I don't really like I'm not invested in them. And this one I was 100 percent invested in because me and you both had that big first five picks exact outcome bet. And yeah. I did not realize it would take an hour and a half <laughs> to find out who the first five picks were. Uh, so I, I did not, re- I forgot how long the first round of the NFL draft is, and it's really just unnecessarily wrong, but we both hit that first five picks exactly correct for plus 900 odds. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm still kind of getting over it. Uh, but no, I, what, what I want to do today, we're going back to basketball. Um, and that's only because I don't have any day two NFL draft bets sitting out there, so I will not be watching. But um, this is kind of tailing off what Daniel's episode, if you listen to that, about his recent one talking about the playing games. I wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit more and talk about actual projections where we think these teams will end up. Um, so it's not going to be, you know, some teams we might talk about heavy about their schedule, but it's more of projecting where they're going to be. And a little talk about here from each conference where teams, maybe in the top or the bottom, or maybe the most interesting aspects of those conferences, where those teams want to be at by the end of this, because most teams have 10 or less games. I think there's a handful of teams that have 11, but most of them are in the eight to 10 range. So we're looking at a week or two, really. And we're talking about the actual start of the play in and the actual playoffs. So I know we're going to get a lot of talk about playoffs coming up. This is projecting where we think those seeds are going to be. So let us start with the Eastern Conference, because I think both of us obviously have a vested interest in the Western Conference. Um, The other aspect of this, I I, I guess we're going to try to be quicker now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like uh, with these, we kind of bludgeon the point. So we're going to try to be quick. We'll just see how this goes. But in the East, you have a... Two-team race for the number one seed, Brooklyn Nets, that's sitting at one currently at 43-20. and 20. The Philadelphia Sixers are 41-21. and 21. 76ers are just a game and a half back. Um, my first thought when I see this is that the Nets absolutely want to stay in the number one seed. Would you agree with that, or do you think the Nets care if they're the one or the two? I think they care uh, just for the simple fact that you want to dodge Milwaukee 
Not that they're just a great team. And honestly, the Knicks in general, if they would have to win their first round matchup, they could be playing, you know, the first round, uh, the first seed overall. Um, they are a good team, but I think they are just a good story, a good team. Uh, they don't have a player on that team that just scares you like Giannis does. Giannis, he could just have a crazy good game and they play well. And so I think that they try to stay away from Milwaukee if possible. Yeah, I that's that kind of leads into the 76ers. I think the 76ers absolutely want the one seed for the exact same reason. Um, and the other interesting caveat on this, which we'll probably spend the bulk of our time in the East, is talking about the most interesting part of the East is four through seven, right? And it's not to say that there's a bunch of really good teams in four through seven, but here's the teams currently there, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Heat, and that's in order. Um, and so you're talking about these teams are within a game of each other, you know, two games of each other. So you're talking about a complete switch of seedings that we could get within these next two weeks. And I think the one seed is important because of who that eight seed might be. And I right. think that's why I think the Nets want to stay there because if everything stayed the same right now, you're talking about play in Miami versus Charlotte, the Pacers versus the Wizards. I mean, the one seed is going to play probably whoever the winner of Charlotte Pacers and Wizards. Like we, I think we assume that the heat are going to win that first game and going to be the seventh seed. And then the nets would get to face whoever was less left. Um, is that kind of why you think the Nets want to stay in one, not just to avoid the Bucks potentially in the second round because they would get a more favorable 4-5, which would be between the Knicks and the Hawks if it stayed the same, of course, and they would play an easier team in that first round. So you're talking about a potential easy slate to the Eastern Conference Finals. Is that why the one is so important to you? Um, no, because if I am Brooklyn, Philadelphia – for sure, I feel good about any team, Atlanta, Boston, Miami, Charlotte, Indi Indiana, and Washington. Any of those teams, I feel good about if I'm Brooklyn and Philadelphia, even Milwaukee. Uh, they're probably, you know, they're going to get a matchup. It's, you know, Boston, Miami. I, I feel like Milwaukee could easily beat them. That, that will be a harder game. But I don't think Milwaukee has any wiggle room. I think they're stuck in three. So they think they they know what's there. But if you're looking at Brooklyn, Philadelphia, um, I, I don't think it matters to them because if you look at these teams, you know, you know, Atlanta, they haven't played great. Trey Young's been out. Uh, even if he comes back, that doesn't scare them if they were to fall. Boston definitely does not scare them. They are a good team, not but not scary. Um, and then the seven through ten, Miami probably does win that seventh spot. Um, in the end and Charlotte and Washington it's a toss-up who would win that my bet would be on the Wizards winning that and in the end you're going against Westbrook and Bill that's a two-headed monster uh, that actually could be very scary but with the the way Brooklyn plays and even Philadelphia I think Brooklyn plays I think they're not worried about the Wizards so um, I think both of those two teams don't care about those uh, lower seated teams at all uh, so I think it's in the end, I think it's about missing Milwaukee more than it is the other. Interesting. Okay. So you think that the East really after three doesn't pose a problem to anybody. Like you Correct. don't think there's going to be a plucky upstart like the heat were last year in that bubble. No, the, the heat uh, could easily get beat by, you know, Charlotte and the wizards and miss the playoffs all in, uh, in hope because, they're just not a consistent team. Uh, they have some good players, but I'm off the heat. Uh, you can you can throw Elsa's uh, snowball at them if you want to. <laughs> so the Nets have nine games left. Blazers, they play the Bucks twice, which I think is pretty big for if they stay in one. Play the Mavericks, Nuggets, the Bulls twice, the Spurs, and they end the, end the season with the Cavs. If we are to project these first two seeds, do you think the Nets stay number one and the 76ers stay number two, or do you think the 76ers could overtake the one seed? I think the 76ers could. They had the easiest schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, they're playing Atlanta, not tough. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not looking at their schedule. I'm looking at Tankathon, uh, their strength of schedule. 
Uh, and then they have uh, Miami, which is another tough team. And then the Spurs. The Spurs are going the wrong direction. Um, and so the rest of those teams that they have, they have 10 games remaining. Uh, the Rockets, Pistons, uh, Magic twice, Bulls, and Pelicans. Um, I don't know if they lose, but maybe one of those games uh, the rest of the way. Mm. Mm. I, the only caveat I have to that is maybe they just rest. I mean, we haven't seen Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, it feels like, in three months. Um, but they have been kind of strategically resting Embiid. It would not surprise me because I project that the Nets will actually stay in the one seed. And I think they hold on to that game and a half lead. Um, I think both teams will probably go seven and three over this last stretch that we talk about. Um, And they already beat the Nets remaining games. They already beat the Pacers last night. So there's a win there. Um, So, this game for the Hawks is important against the 76ers for seeding. We're going to talk about this in just a second. We get into the meat of the four through seven, but I could project both these teams to win the exact same amount of games for this final eight to 10 game run, whether that's six and four, um, seven and three, seven and two, something like that. So I I think the Nets are going to actually hold on to this because I think they actually see value in this. And they're going to try to get everybody back to get those few games that we've talked about all season wanting to see um, so they can start having some comfortability with each other heading to the playoffs. So my projection is I have the Nets staying one. I have the 76ers staying in the two seed. I think the Bucks definitely are in third. I don't think there's any way they can recover after that horrible loss they had last night to the Rockets. I mean, you could have talked me into maybe catching the 76ers. They're three games behind now as of their loss last night, but they had Rockets twice, Bulls twice, and the Nets twice. We talked about how those were pretty big. But, I mean, it was Wizards, Spurs, Magic, Pacers. Heat. I mean, they could still run the table and not catch the 76ers. Um, but that, I think they're definitely stuck in three. This is why four through seed, four through seven seed, super interesting to me, um, because if you're trying to avoid the Bucks in the second round, you definitely want to be in the one seed. But you can't look forward and think, okay, I'm probably going to play the winners of whoever the Knicks between the Knicks and the Hawks, because these teams are separated by two games. Those teams again are the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Heat. Now, I don't know if you had looked at their remaining schedule for each team. I personally have, and I have an interesting scenario come out of this that I want to see happen. I know it won't, but being a basketball nerd, I want to see this happen. I just want to hear your thoughts for this remaining eight to 10 games for these four seeds and where you think they might end up. Do you think they're going to be the same? Do you think we're going to have a complete flip-flop? Or what's your general, general thoughts? Yeah, so um, I think um, the most important part. I think New York stays where they are. I, I don't. I don't see mm. New York moving. Um, I just think okay. they have the better team right now, and they're healthy, which is important. Um, Atlanta. I'm not sure when Trey Young's coming back. Um, and as you and you talked about earlier about Philadelphia, I wanted to say this earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, the last two games, uh, Harris, Simmons, and Embiid have all played, uh, and it looks like they are getting healthy, and they are healthy. Uh, their next two games are against Atlanta tonight. Uh, well, we, we, I'm not sure when you're putting this out. So uh, Friday, uh, they're playing the Hawks. Um, and then the next game is against the Spurs. So that's two of their hardest games left. So I think they go out full on those two games. Um, and then the rest of the way, the only other decently ranked team and good team would be the Heat. So I think that they set spot minutes um, just on them. But uh, getting back to um, New York, the Knicks stay there. Uh, Atlanta, I think Trey Young can come back in time. Plus, Boston, they're, they're one game up on Boston and Miami. Um, I'm not sure who holds the tiebreaker. That would be important. Uh, but I, I think that they end up holding that spot if Trey Young can come back in the next week. Um, but Boston, Miami, man, that's, a, that's such a, a coin flip. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, I probably would rather take, uh, and just because I'm more loving to Boston and I hate the heat, um, I'm going to go ahead and stick with, <laughs> stick with Boston. <laughs> hey, I'm just being honest. That's my, that's, fair. my, that's my analysis. 
Um, and, if, and if you look at it, Boston <laughs> has the 27th ranked easiest schedule with nine games to go. Uh, that's why I give them the edge. Uh, the Heat, on the other hand, they're at the 19th rank. They still have to play 76ers, uh, the Bucks, and then Boston twice. So I think when it comes down to it, uh, that Boston series against Miami is who's, who's going to decide that. Um, and then Washington will ultimately jump the, uh, the Indiana Pacers, and they'll have the home court game against Indiana uh, in the 9-10 play-in. So, um, with, and with LaMelo and um, Gordon Hayward coming back, I do think Charlotte holds on to that eighth spot, but I think they'd take two L's uh, to open up the play-in, uh, ultimately getting the Wizards in uh, the eighth seed. So you actually have it as the standings are right now. Everything's going to basically stay the same, depending on what happens with that Heat-Celtics game. Yeah, I, I say those are the only two that flip, and I think Washington is, um, in the end, is the eighth seed after the play-in. Gotcha. Okay, so this is where we're going to get weird, all right? Oh, I, I uh, because weird. this is uh, – <laughs> it's been too long. We haven't been weird together in a while. Uh, <laughs> and when you're talking about weird with old Cody, that hasn't been in 2021. So uh, maybe someday we'll get, we'll resurrect him and he'll can be we, back on this Can we put out a missing persons today. report for him? Has it been long <laughs> enough? Like, is it 30 days? Like, I don't know how long it's been. <laughs> Uh, so with the Knicks, I just did simple projections just looking at this. And obviously, this will not go exactly as I think it will just because I want it to end this way. But over the final nine games that the Knicks have, I have them going four and five because I think they have put just an absolute load on Julius Randle. They have been hot in the month uh, in April. And I think that they could have a regression a little bit, right? Like, I don't really believe that the Knicks are really – like a four four seed quality type team. Now you might say they're the best of the worst of the East. And I think that's fair. So they might stay there, but I see them going four and five, which puts their regular season record at 39 and 33 um, with the Hawks. I have them going five and four over their final nine. And that is predicated on Trey coming back, wanting to get that big win over the 76ers. I think that if the Hawks pull that off tonight, this will be a huge indicator if they're going to really be able to do this or not. They could potentially go three and six and completely fall out and into the play-in, but I want them to go five and four because that also puts them at 39 and 33, tied with the Knicks. The Celtics are the ones that I think also go five and four. I see a lot of these teams staying about 500. Um, I don't think anybody's going to have this huge run except – for a team that you dislike the most, and we'll get to them in a second. So I have the Celtics going five and four, which puts their final record at 38 and 34. So they're right outside. And the Heat is the team. This is their final nine games. The Cavaliers, the Hornets, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves play the Celtics twice, which you mentioned already is hugely important. The 76ers, who may potentially be resting if they're stuck in the two seed. The Milwaukee Bucks, who might be resting because they'll be stuck in a three seed. And then you got the Detroit Pistons, who just won't care about anything. So maybe that's a trap game because they don't care. They've got their uh, lottery spot. Um, so they might actually try to win that game. <laughs> um, but I have the Heat going six and three over this final nine game stretch, putting it together to get Jimmy back. News came out today that Old Depot is on track making progress. I think Jimmy knows how important it is to be in one of those top six seeds and not to be in the play in. So that puts the Miami Heat also in tied record wise with the Knicks and the Hawks at 39 and 33. So that led me down a Google rabbit hole. What happens if you have a three-way tiebreaker and there's not an obvious winner over those teams? So here's how it breaks down. The Heat have the tiebreaker in the regular season over the Knicks. The Hawks have the tiebreaker in the season over the Heat. And the Knicks have the tiebreaker over the Atlanta Hawks. So wow, there is no real separation from these teams who wins these tiebreakers so i went to that how do you decide it past head-to-head matchups and here's what i found i don't know if these are going i don't know if they're listed in order of importance of what they look at in evaluation 
But here is NBA.com. Here's their rules for three-way ties to determine playoff seating. The first thing, I assume it's the first thing. It's the first thing listed, okay? So it may be out of order, whatever, sue me. Um, or don't. We don't have any money. Well, you're not going to get anything. Anyways, uh, the first thing they look at is who is the division winner out of the three? The division winner out of those three would, in fact, be the Atlanta Hawks, if they were to look at that. Then you go past that, who has the best head-to-head win percentage? And I think over that win percentage, if you look at that, I didn't do the exact math. I believe the Heat have a higher head-to-head win percentage than what the New York Knicks did. If you can't find a winner from that, they go by highest win percentage within your division. And if you can't get anything from that, it's highest win percentage of conference games. So if I've read this right, and if this three-team tiebreaker, which rarely ever happens, and I know it won't, this is for fun, right? I want things to be weird. Here's how your seeding will play out if those projections are correct. Your four seed would be the Atlanta Hawks. Your five seed would be the Miami Heat. The New York Knicks would be the sixth seed, and the Boston Celtics would be in the play-in at seven. Is that too weird for you, or how plausible is that going to be? How plausible is that? Um, I could see the uh, the Hawks falling. Uh, who'd you have it for again? The four, if with the tiebreaker, the if everything went the same, the Hawks are four, five are Heat, six are Knicks, seven are the Celtics. Okay, so no, no way the Hawks play that well to jump up that high. Um, to jump okay. to jump past the Knicks, in my opinion, I, I do like. The, they literally have to go five and four. They just have to go five and four, and the Knicks go four and five. They don't have to have this huge run. They basically just have to be barely above five hundred basketball for these last nine games. Yeah, but your your issue is is a, a New York Knicks team who. 35 and 28. They're nine and one over the last 10. So you're saying that this six and four team that lost the last two, uh, that, you know, six and four of the last 10, uh, Hawks, you know, they're playing so well. The Boston Celtics, six and four. The Miami Heat, your, your darling, who aren't that good, caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, they're five and five. Uh, thankfully, they just won a game. They're trending in the differential of, uh, in, the, in the red, minus uh, 0.7. Uh, against points per game and opponents' points per game. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, New York's playing too well, and they are two games above them. So, yeah, there's no way that happens. Uh, the, the Knicks stay there. Ooh. So, um, yep, not, 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 no way possible that happens. I would um, – your, your little heat bet that I have with the Jazz <laughs> and the Heat, uh, I feel great about personally. Uh, okay, I would, that's fine. I would I – would, Put the same kind of bet on New York um, keeping, you know, being in the four seed when the when the playoffs start. Um, I might take you up on that bet before I – well, I'll tell you this first. I think it's only fair that you know, so I don't reach into your pocket. Here's the final nine games for the Knicks. Rockets should be a win, right? I don't yeah. know. They just beat the Bucks, So um, they play the Grizzlies, which we assume the Grizzlies have to have, right? No. We're Grizzlies fans. No, the Grizzlies don't have. don't have to have that one. No. Okay. So if you're if you're okay with the Grizzlies losing to the Knicks, there's two wins. Then they got the Nuggets, the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Hornets, and the Celtics. Right. That's a hard path to four. That's just to four wins. And if you think the Grizzlies are going to win, which I personally think they will, and they want to, where are the other three wins coming from besides the Rockets? Probably the Hornets. Yes, the Hornets suck. The Spurs are, like you said, falling. There's three. Are they picking up that fourth between the Nuggets, the Suns, the Clippers, Lakers, who will be at full strength, or the Celtics? And that's Um, just four. So you're betting more so not on the Knicks. You're betting that the Hawks will not be able to do that. Yeah, the Hawks, I, I think the Hawks are pretty much, um, they're struggling. And it, even when Trey comes back, that doesn't mean they just pick up right where they left off uh, because they're not a good um, you know, team in general. Uh, Trey's, been, Trey's been better. Some of their players have been better. Um, their defense has been a little bit better than they expected. Uh, but usually, you know, that probably could fall off at any moment. Um, I, I think what we're missing 
in this whole thing is the Knicks are they're playing well um, and they're playing great at home. Uh, and so in the end, that's what I like. I like this this Knicks team at home, but mainly uh, I haven't dug into their schedule enough, but they don't really, uh, from what I'm seeing, they only have one back to back and I can't, I'm not going to dig through the schedule to see if there's any teams that play them on a back to back one way or another. So um, I don't have anything out in front of me. So I, I think, it usually works itself out. Uh, five and five. Uh, do they have ten games left? You said um, nine. I think nine. They can go five and four um, I, I, easily. Uh, I'd be be okay. Okay, so it's just a game difference that's big. Um, if obviously I'm more on the side of it's not going to happen because the Hawks just they won't be able to play above five hundred basketball without right. Trey. Uh, but I do think that the heat can be kind of close. So maybe it's not a situation where we have a three-way tiebreaker. I think we could have a situation to where the Knicks stay in four, the heat could jump up to five or six, and either one of the Hawks or the Celtics are in that play-in game. I think that's a very real possibility, um, especially if Trey's going to be out, you know, and you said he needs a couple games to get going again. I, I, ju- I just – Yes, I've been on the Heat all year. I think they are better than what they have put out. I think they have had a year from hell with injuries and COVID and not having guys for more than three games at a time. At least they're star guys for continuity's sake. Um, I just think that Jimmy Butler is telling those guys how important not playing in that playing game is. So, yes, could they potentially run up to the Bucks in the first round? Sure but they ran them last year. So I think they feel confident going against that. I don't think the Heat want to be in that one, that seven or eight seed. So I'm believing on if a team's going to make a mini run here, which six and three isn't a mini run by any accounts, but for everyone else is going to play 500 basketball, I believe in the Heat to actually get out of the play-in spot and secure an actual top six seed. Towards the bottom of it, I agree with you. I think the Wizards are going to jump over the Pacers. I, I also think that the Hornets could fall to one of the bottom spots. I mean, they just are not very good right now. Like, they're kind of fun for a quarter. Um, they just don't have the depth to really sustain through a full game. I mean, if you watch that Bucks game, they go on little mini runs, and it was fun, but it was inevitable what was going to happen to them against the bucks and the bucks are just wildly inconsistent this year, but you still knew what the, what was going to happen. So the Hornets are only two games up from the wizards. Um, I, it might be pretty hard to fall all the way to 10, but if we're thinking the Pacers are going to fall and the wizards are going to keep jumping, I have to assume that the Hornets are going to keep losing. Even if they get Gordon Hayward and LaMelo ball back, um, and talk about Rusty, that's a guy with a hand injury. That's going to take a little <laughs> bit. So I think the Wizards could potentially pull off eight. If not, I think everything stays about the same and the Hornets fall off. You could be talking about Pacers moving up to eight, Charlotte down to nine, kind of in that thing. So, yeah, and, um, and something on the Hawks. Yeah. Something on the Hawks and the Hornets. So uh, Trey Young has been upgraded to questionable uh, for Friday's game. Um, and so he could play the 76ers. Uh, but then after that, um, he's more than likely returning. So, you know, with a little bit less than 10 games left, he should be returning soon within the next, you know, by this weekend, uh, he's returning. Um, but after that, um, they should be, for the most part, healthy. I'm not sure if there's any other nagging injuries, but the, uh, the Hornets, um, their, their expectations are to get LaMelo and Gordon Hayward back uh, with a roughly five games remaining. So, Rust. For sure. Uh, they could easily fall off, but five games remaining before the playoffs is their ideal. Um, and so I'm, I think they can hold on to that eight spot. Uh, but I, I do believe it's going to be hard to win two games against those t- t- tough teams, at least. Hmm. So let's, uh, let's split the difference in here. We'll, we'll kind of, uh, let's do a final standing projection. Okay. So let's say, um, let's say Nets stay number one, 76 or stay number two. Bucks are third. We'll say Nick stay in four. Smart guy. Okay. Now five, six, seven between the Hawks, Celtics, Heat. Um. Wow. Uh, maybe you want to. I'll give you the Heat because I know you like them. Okay. 
Um, All right. We'll let the Heat stay five. Uh, drop the hit the Hawks down to six. So Celtics seven. Okay. I like that. And to finish it, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers, or Wizards, Hornets, Pacers, or Pacers, Wizards, Hornets? I say um, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers. Okay. So here's our projection here. These are to the bank. Um, Nets, number one, 76ers, number two. Bucks third, Knicks fourth, Heat fifth, Hawks sixth, Celtics seven, Hornets eight, the Washington Wizards ninth, and the Indiana Pacers tenth. I feel good about that. You feel good about that? I like it. I think that's pretty solid. Now, we said we were going to take long, but here we are 30 minutes into this. Um, West, and this one's probably going to be even longer. I might have to split this into two episodes. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) The West. The same thing at the top. Jazz Suns, they play a game tonight. I'm going to try to have this out this afternoon, so this will be relevant. Fighting for the one seed, there is one game between the Suns and the one seed, and that is a game tonight with the Utah Jazz. Do you think the Suns absolutely are going to try for that one seed, or do you think they care? Or is it same thing like the East? Is it important, or is it not? I think it's important um, because the West is much tougher. Um, and anytime you can have that home court advantage uh, being away, f- being out of Utah, um, I'm not sure the restrictions on fans for Utah, but as you know, the fans are a little nasty there in Utah. The air is, t- you know, <laughs> it is, a, is a little weird. And uh, in, in, um, I guess Denver, <laughs> Phoenix, whatever. Um, so a lot of white cloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it is for sure um, very important for them. Uh, and just looking at the home records, twenty six and four for the Jazz, twenty four and nine for the Phoenix. Um, I, I do think home court advantage is important for them. So um, yes, I, I for the most part, I think in general, just for their own team, I do believe that Utah wants to hold on to that one spot. So uh, just judging by they ha- they both have roughly the. Similar, you know, strength of schedule left. So I, I believe that Utah ends up holding on because Phoenix, uh, they've had some issues. Um, I'm just curious if you know, do you know if, uh, what the status is on Donovan Mitchell? I haven't checked it today. The last I saw it was questionable, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I if you think I, I know he's getting closer to returning. I'm just not sure when it is. I don't think they upgraded him to probable but they might have for tonight's game because it is the Suns. Um, while you look that up, let me add you a supplemental question. We talked about in the East, being that one seed to avoid the Bucks in the next round is important. Do you think it's actually important to avoid the one seed to miss out on the Lakers in the second round if wow. they're going to stay in the five? Yeah, that's important. Um so you're saying that even if it's Denver, that the Lakers could beat Denver because they're not, um, you know, for the most part, they're not going to jump over. Uh, the Lakers aren't getting to that four spot. Um, right. So but here's the caveat to before you keep yeah. going. Dallas is only a game back from five. Correct. And they just beat the Lakers. Yeah. So the Lakers could not even be there at five, technically. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring let's up. let's just assume that they are. <laughs> yeah, they are sliding, um, and I'm not sure when LeBron's returning. They need help. Uh, AD does not look the same right now, um, as he right. You know, obviously he wouldn't. He's he, it's a big injury that he had. Um, I, yeah, I, I, you never want to play uh, that uh, the Lakers, but in the end, I don't think you worry about that too much because it, as soon as you start worrying about that, uh, something else happens uh, because there's so you know so much volatility there. In the five, six, seven, they're all within a game or two of each other. Um, and so I think that could move around a lot. We could look up in uh, a week and a half, and the Lakers are in the seventh spot. So um, who knows? So no, I think yeah, you say that, that would be that would that would be an absolute disaster, right? If you were the Suns and you're thinking, hey, let's project forward like we're doing, Lakers stay in fifth. We avoid them second round. But 
we also get the better of these play-in teams. We get the seventh seed, which I think we should, we're should we going to talk about here at, uh, for a decent chunk of time, I think, because I think whoever that seventh seed is that comes out of there is a very formidable first-round opponent for what I feel like is a susceptible two-seed. Um, so you could, in theory, be like, okay, we're going to stay in two. We're going to avoid LeBron. We're going to roll our dice with whoever one of these seven seeds are between Mavericks, Portland, Grizzlies, Spurs. Um, but then the Lakers could absolutely fall out and be in the 7-8 play-in, and you're playing the Lakers in the first round. <laughs> so there's... There's not a right way to think about this because you could get screwed both ways. Uh, so if it were me, I think I would just keep doing what I'm doing. You obviously do not want to. Uh, Monty Williams obviously has not done this. They, they clinched the playoff berth, and the first thing they said, we're not done. The journey's not over. We have more to achieve, more goals to achieve. So I don't think they're looking at standings. I think the Suns are just trying to win games. They're looking at what's in front of them, not what could potentially be down the road in two and a half weeks. So I could see the Suns not caring and going for this one seed and just seeing whoever the opponent is. Um, The seed six through 10 is obviously, and I think we have to lump the Lakers in there now at the five seed because there is only two games separating five and seven. Um, So five seed, it's Lakers, the Mavericks, the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Warriors. Eight or six through 10, there's four and a half games separating. Six and seven are separated by a game. Six and eight are separated by three and a half games. So do you have general thoughts about five through ten is there a super intriguing aspect for you or do you think are we going to get anything weird that i talked about in the east coming down here at the end looking at these final schedules like how, how would you project this for you you think it stays about the same think someone's going to jump up fall down what what's your thoughts yeah so um not exactly sure uh when we're going to see uh lebron come back um, if, if he's not coming back within the next, you know, few games, I could easily see the Lakers having 11th ranked, um, uh, strength of schedule left. Uh, and if you look at Dallas, um, Dallas has the 28th overall. Um, and the, really the only teams they have is the, the heat nets and Grizzlies and the rest are very, very, uh, not good teams. So I could easily see Dallas just jumping up just because the Lakers are, you know, not great. And Dallas is, looks like they're finding their stride a little bit. Uh, they've won the last two. Um, so I believe that the, the Mavericks will end up in fifth. The Lakers will hold on to the sixth spot mm. uh, just because I don't see Portland playing that well with how tough their, their, their schedule they have left. Um, you know, if you look at the, the Blazers schedule, they had the fourth ranked uh, with only two teams uh, under 500 with the Rockets and the uh, Cavs left. So, I, Portland's got a tough time and um, they have 10 games. They'll probably go five and five, just like normal um, because they can go five and five. And the Grizzlies just, um, even though they do have an easy path um, to the playoffs, the Grizzlies haven't played well since Jaron Jackson juniors come back. Um, and they're, they're having some issues with, uh, with rotations. Um, they're now, Justice Winslow, you can just say his name. Yeah. Uh, they're well, <laughs> So, and I can go off on that real quick. I think it's more of them wanting to see if he can be in that position for long term because eventually they have to figure out are they going to bring back Tyus in the future uh, and be a backup point guard? What they pay him? Do they bring back Justice Winslow? So I think this is a decision that is um, coaching as well as management saying, all right, it might not work right now, but it's okay. We're about to head into a stretch that we can get some games back. So um, I wouldn't doubt if we see Tyus return possibly tonight, uh, but also um, see him return during this little stretch where they could easily win these games. He looks better, and then Justice Winslow ends up falling out of the rotation and in the end does not get to come back. But uh, back to the the, the standings, the Grizzlies stay in the eighth, um, and – Golden State, even though they're supposedly playing better, uh, they're struggling. 
and, and everybody's high on the Wizards. I'm sorry, not the Wizards, the Warriors. And it makes me sick because it's a one-man show. And as you see, Steph is cooling off, okay? He went on a stretch, and he was the, everybody's, you know, little best player ever again back in the MVP conversation, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> they are 31 and 32 for a reason. They're now 6-4 and four the last 10, lost the last two. They're now in the 10th spot. I think San Antonio in lost the end. Lost to the Timberwolves. Yeah, that, that is going to be a tough team. That's going to be a tough one to uh, project. Is But I think San Antonio has the better coach and team than, than the Warriors. And um, I think that San Antonio holds that nine spot um, and we stay as we are seven through ten. Hmm. I uh, So mine is a, a little bit different. I actually have the Grizzlies staying in the same spot. But just based on kind of projecting their final schedule, I actually think LeBron's going to come back. I think it was reported he's evaluated might be this weekend or early next week. Um, I definitely don't think LeBron and AD, AD is going to take a couple of games to get ready, right? We know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be surprised if they slip past six. I don't think they will. I actually think they'll stay in five. Um, and that's really a play against the Mavericks because Luka is banged up. He's got every kind of patch or ace bandage that he has on his elbows. Um, and he's just been through a lot. He, good teams are doubling him every game. They're being physical with him. And whenever the Mavs win, it's teams that are stupid like the Warriors who are just playing him one-on-one, not switching on hedges. And he absolutely lights them up. I mean, the Mavs beat were up by 30 on them by halftime. Um, so these, these teams running to the end here, that the Mavs are playing. Pistons, they already beat them last night. Wizards, Kings, Heat, Nets, they play the Cavs twice. They play the Grizzlies again. That's a revenge match. Pelicans, Raptors, T-Wolves. So it's a pretty easy slate. Definitely the Mavs don't want to be resting people, but they prove that they will rest people if they feel like they need to, and they did that this past week. Um, So just projecting it, I don't think the Mavs are – um, yes, they seem to be putting it together. News of Porzingis coming back would be great, but I could see them going six and five, seven and four. They're one of these few teams that have 11 games. So I'm going to project that they go six and five. That puts their final season record at 40 and 32. And that would actually push them down to the seventh seed because the team that everyone is fading is the Portland Trailblazers. Here's their remaining schedule. The Brooklyn Nets, the Celtics, Hawks, Cavaliers, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets. That is a monster 10-game slate. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious if they're going to get the benefit of the Jazz, Suns, and Nuggets resting. Um, And I think that could balloon them here at the end. So they have had a couple bad games. They had, what, a four- or five-game losing streak. They've won their last two. This is a professional team with veterans, Dame and CJ, that know, and Nurkic, that know how important the play, not being in the play-in is. They have said that themselves. They have got to avoid the play-in like they did last year. They want to be in one of these top six seeds, and I think they're going to make a real, real hard push at the sixth seed. I think they are going to go with the benefit of people resting. Like I said, the Jazz Suns Nuggets. I think they realistically could go seven and three in the stretch, even though it is one of the tougher remaining schedules, quote unquote. I just think they're everyone's piling on them. And what happens every time we pile on Dame, he responds. He hasn't had a 30 point game in a while. He hasn't had multiple 30 point games in a while. I think he turns it around, gets back healthy and they make this push. So how mine looks different than yours. We have, uh, we didn't even talk about the top four. I assume, I will talk that in a second when we do the whole picture. But five through ten, I have Lakers staying there. I have the Blazers moving back up to six. I have the Mavs in seven, Grizz in eight. I actually have the Warriors jumping over the Spurs, and that's because, like you, I just think the Spurs are falling apart. Um, and they had a nice little run at the end of March through April, but their final schedule isn't an easy one either. I mean, they play the Jazz twice. Nets, Suns twice, but they could get the benefit of rest with the Suns. 
I could see them going four and seven. They're one of these few teams that have 11 games left. So more games you have, that's potential for more back-to-backs in the next two weeks. So I think they'll be running on fumes to this. So I think the Warriors can play 500 basketball. Five and five is all they need to be. Spurs go four and seven. That would propel the Warriors into the night seat. So any big disagreements with the Blazers there at six? Yeah, um, I, I understand that what you're what you're hitting at. Um, but just looking at their schedule, uh, they have games. In, they have a game night against the Nets. Um, that that line has completely flipped on its head. Uh, the the Blazers are now favored uh, on the road. Not sure what's going on with that. So I imagine you're seeing a lot of guys sit. Um, and so I'm guessing that's what that's all about. Uh, but let's take that game out because that's that's a weird one with so much so many people sitting as you talked about, which could actually benefit them. Celtics, um, that's a tough game because Celtics are playing to get in. The Hawks playing to get in. Cavs, an easy win. The Lakers are trying to get their people back. They easily could lose that game, but that's a toss-up game because both teams really need it, but the Lakers are still trying to just get healthy. Um, The Spurs, they probably want to win to get in, so I think they're playing for something. The Rockets, not. The Jazz, as you said, they're wanting to hold on to that – that first overall position. So I think that at jazz trailblazers at jazz on the 12th of May, that's tough. Um, the last two games, the Suns, yes, they could be resting someone, but this, so the far, this far out, we have no clue, but I wouldn't doubt it because it's not the last game of the season. I wouldn't doubt if we see the Suns actually play all their people uh, before they have a big rest. Cause you don't want to just have two games off where you're not playing your people. Um, and so that's why I say that. But then in the end, I, I know you're talking about um, the Blazers having an easier game. I just don't see the Clippers, the Suns, the Nuggets, all them resting, all their players are, you know, that they're playing against because they're still all within jockeying distance in the middle, as well as the Jazz and the Suns want to hold on to those one, two spots. So, yes, they are going towards the end, but because everybody's so close in those uh, different spots, I don't see you know, everybody, you know, just sitting their players, especially against a team like Portland, um, who could be in the playoffs, uh, which probably thinking about that completely wrong. They might actually set them now that I'm thinking about it because they don't want to show them their cards. So um, I'm talking to both sides of my mouth. Yes. But I I think (laughs) that um, I do think that they have a tough schedule and I don't see them getting up back up to the six. I think Dallas is going to stay healthy enough. Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting caveat about the Nuggets because they have, after their win last night, they have moved up. They're only a half game besides, behind the Clippers for third. Right. Uh, so this, uh, the Nuggets have been probably the biggest surprise for the past month and a half after Jamal Murray went down. I don't think anyone in their right mind thought they would have stayed in four seed and would have been actually gotten better and challenging for a three seed. So that shows just the MVP season that Nikola Jokic is having the great addition of Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter jr. Is just uh, taking another leap. Now he shoots everything he sees and they happen to be going in. So be interested to see how that, how that works in playoff time, but we'll obviously have previews once we get the actual seating and matchups, but it's a very interesting topic. I think because there is so much that can happen um, and there could be, I mean, you're talking about a potential move even from Portland up to the five seed. That is completely possible. Don't see that. Dallas is the realistic one to be in five. The real shocker to the entire NBA nervous system would be the Lakers falling out of five and six and being in that seven. Um, And that time I wouldn't feel good about the Grizzlies chances in game one. (laughs) But that would absolutely shock the NBA community, if the Lakers fell down to a seven seed, I think, I mean, people have been mentioning in it for, you know, it feels like two months since those two stars did get injured. Hey, they could be in the playing seat. They could be in playing seat, but no one really believed that. So here we are staring at it and they a hundred percent could be in the play. And if you're Utah and Phoenix, Holy crap. (laughs) Like You cannot be happy at that potential. You are wanting to see LeBron come back as soon as possible um so let's do an actual projection here here's going to be our picks jazz or sons one seed i think the jazz will retain the one seed personally for me 
Yeah. You agree with that as well. Yeah. So we have Jazz one. That means the Suns stick in two, which is a great caveat because we could probably talk about. Well, let's just finish the rest of our projection. Do you think the Nuggets could catch the Clippers for the three seed? Clippers right. have been without their full team for a while. They yeah. did have that great one. They were like 17 and five or whatever over that stretch. But yeah, um, do you think the Nuggets out. could realistically catch it? Kawhi's been out for a while. He's getting healthy. He could probably come back if needed. Um, so with that being said, uh, the, the, the Nuggets are doing this with their full staff, minus you know Will Barton injury here and there. Um, I don't think I think the Clippers need to turn it on. They will to hold that three seed. Uh, I don't think that they want to see uh, the Lakers uh, if they do stay in that five spot. I don't think they want to see the Lakers uh, first round. So uh, they would much rather see mm. Dallas. So I think the Clippers hold on to that spot. Mm, interesting. Um, so we got Jazz Suns, Clippers, Nuggets. Five, are we? You said Mavs. I've got Lakers. What does your gut tell you? Wow. Um, I I agree with you. I, I think that the Mavericks could be there, but I think in the end, I, my opinion on the Dallas is because I know a lot of their fans and people that report on them. So I probably try to cheer for them. So I'm going to take bias out of it. <laughs> I don't trust them. Um, Okay, And so we'll say the Lakers, because I think LeBron can come back if he needed to. So we'll give it to the edge of LeBron. Yeah, I I completely agree. Dallas is a fun team. I've watched so many basketball games over the past two weeks. And what the Mavericks can do to you on offense when everything is clicking is just you're really just hoping they miss. Like that's your game plan. You just you have to trap Luka. They do a lot of interesting things. Good defensive teams do. We'll talk about that in an actual uh, playoff setting with matchups. We'll get more into that. But I agree. I just – it would shock me that LeBron and AD allowed the Lakers to slip out. Right. I think they want to be in five. I think they want to stay with the Nuggets first round. Um, and so I agree. I think the Lakers stay in five. Now, I have Blazers taking over the sixth. I think it's fair to say that the Mavericks will – continue to hold it um would you agree with that i think you like the yeah. mavericks more than the actual blazers i do just because um strength of schedule i know that they are playing some teams that could rest people but the same same thing for the dallas mavericks um they're playing some upper tier teams as well throughout the stretch and i think that they could have equal sets so um if we're going to use that uh strategy for one team i feel like we need to use it for the other um so yeah i agree Okay, so seven seven would be Blazers. Eight, we're sticking with the Grizzlies. Nine, does this really matter to you, Spurs or Warriors? Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Um, I know everybody loves the the Warriors, but I just don't trust them. I just don't. So I'm either way. Yeah, how are you I don't go? think the Warriors are. Yeah, I – See, here's the thing. Like I had this, as long as the Warriors go 500, five and five, the Spurs go four and seven, the Warriors will jump them. I, I think it's realistic more that the Warriors will be a little bit like four or uh, a, a little bit below 500 in this final 10 game stretch and go four and six. And Spurs, even at five and six, will get them there. So uh, let, let's stick with Spurs Warriors. So the playoff picture would be. One seed, Utah Jazz, two Phoenix Suns, three Los Angeles Clippers, four Denver Nuggets, five Los Angeles Lakers, six Dallas Mavericks, seven Portland Trailblazers, eight Memphis Grizzlies, nine San Antonio Spurs, ten Golden State Warriors, with the caveat that I am a firm believer in the Blazers making a run and taking over six again, which leads us to a fantastic first-round matchup between the Dallas Mavericks and the Grizzlies. But the first round of the play-in with the Grizzlies playing the Portland Trailblazers would be fantastic by itself. And right. I think Grizzlies fans, I think we would welcome both matchups because right. I think we like both matchups. Um, and if we win that first game, I the Suns stay in two. I think they're very susceptible. I think they can be pushed by anyone who's in of these three teams, Mavs, Blazers, Grizzlies. I think any of those three teams can push the Suns. I Might guess. not win but they will push them to six or seven at minimum um, seven, obviously maximum so as <laughs> far as you can go. Uh, 
but just your general thoughts that Blazers Grizzlies, you talked about this Monday, you've gave, and, and that's why I want to jump on this, actually projecting this, because I thought it was a good conversation that you had by yourself, you, yourself, and I. Um, your general thoughts of a potential Blazers Grizz, Blazers, I mean, uh, Grizzlies Mavs matchup, which one would you rather have between the two? I would rather have Dallas. Um, okay. Just for the simple fact that um, even though we played bad against them, I feel like we match up better against them because they have no way to handle our size. Now that we've gotten Jaron back and uh, Jonas Valanciunas just being a, an absolute you know monster in there. I think that's a game that Xavier Tillman could um, actually help out as well. Um, we haven't played as well against them as we had the Blazers, but in the end, I feel more confident that we can kind of take away a little bit of what uh, Luca does, uh, but mainly just kind of the, his supporting cast is not as good as CJ McCollum, Norm, Norm Powell, and even Nurkic, uh, who's been struggling. Um, I would rather have the Mavericks, but I feel good about the way the Grizzlies match up against them, both teams. Uh, so a toss-up, it wouldn't matter to me, but I would absolutely love to put Portland out um first game so <laughs> better matchup the Mavs personally I want to see Dame time expire <laughs> not to say that you want to see him die just to say that his moniker is done for the season <laughs> yeah yeah go play the Warriors I, go play I agree your Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I would much rather play the Mavericks. I do not want to face Dame and CJ for a playoff spot on the line. I just want to avoid them. I know we had, you know, two and one success against them the past couple of weeks, but I, in a one game situation, I'd rather roll my dice with the other guys around Doncic not playing well and missing shots than having to dodge both CJ and Dame not having a game. So I'd yeah. rather roll the dice with Mavericks. I like that matchup more. Um, do you have anything before we close to wrap the bow up on this? Yeah. So something I've been looking at, which is weird to me, uh, but it got me thinking how these teams play uh, home and away. Dallas is 16 and four at home, 19 and 13 away. So they're playing on average the way they normally, you know, you know, home and away. They're, you know, just as good. It just means they're a good team. Portland. 16 and 16 at home, 18 and 12 away. The Grizzlies, 13 and 17 at home, 18 and 13 away. For whatever reason, Portland and <laughs> Memphis play much better on the road than they do at home. So that just Memphis being the eight seed, we know they're going to be the road underdog, uh, that first seven, eight seed. That's what gets me going about that because we're, for whatever reason, and it just probably means it's more about job ja Morant, that chip on his shoulder kind of deal. He's on the road uh, uh, playing maybe against fans or just kind of playing against these top-tier level teams at their, at their place. So um, just looking at it, it's just so weird uh, that they would be like that. But Memphis uh, won the two games at Portland. Portland won the one game at Memphis. So it just sticks to, you know, how they played. So – what are your thoughts or reasoning on that? Because it's not like that on the first, the top four teams, I guess. Um, just looking at these records, um, every team, yeah, yeah, every team in the top six has a has a plus win percentage on, at home and on the road. But if you look at Portland and Memphis, um, and even San Antonio, San Antonio is eighteen and eleven on the road, thirteen and nineteen at home. So those three teams, minus the Warriors, who just they're, they're the Miami Heat of last year. They caught lightning in the bottle for two weeks. Those three teams, Portland, Memphis, and uh, San Antonio, what's the reason you think that they're so much better on the road compared to home? I think it is truly connected to no fans in attendance. Okay. The, you're talking about three home fan bases that are psychotic, right? Like Spurs yeah. are known for selling out the gym every time, and they're extremely loud. Portland is the exact same way. They sell out the gym and they're extremely loud. Memphis is the same way. They don't always sell out the gym, <laughs> but uh, they're extremely loud. 
And those teams, I think, feed off of that energy. Like when Dame is on a heater and he's hitting three or four threes in a row, that crowd continues to juice and fuel him, right? Now he doesn't have that. So he hits three or four threes in a row, and it's his teammates, you know, the ones jumping up and, you know, chest bumping him and stuff like that. And to me, I just think that has really – been the difference this year with those teams because they have huge home court advantages whenever they have a full stadium. And I think those three teams are really hindered by that. And I also think part of it is the Grizzlies, this is just part of their development, right? Like when you're a young team and you're 500, you're usually a worse away team and a better at home team. When you're a good away team and a bad home team, that's just used to me and the inconsistency. So when you put that together and that's how you make that leap into the top seeds of the West is you protect home and then you can go out on the road and be above 500 on the road. So as they progress, that's the thing I kind of look for. If they're continuing to be 500 for the Grizzlies year over year for the next three years, and it's still a bout flat at home, bout flat on the road, they're not progressing. So what I'd like to see next year is homestand, and about 500 on the road. And then maybe the year after that, homestand, winning record on the road. That's how I think this projection will go for the Grizzlies, if they're going to be what we think they can be. Right. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. And the Spurs are just young and inconsistent. So, yeah. uh, But I think the crowd be, not being there is a big edge because it just juices. The, it, like it gives them juice when the crowds are going like that. Yeah, You had the same kind of thoughts? or Yeah, it's just um, I just don't get – why it's it's flipped on its head so much it's not you know if we look, went back and looked it might be better teams that you're playing against you know at, at home but just kind of using the blazers and the you know the grizzlies matchup you know just recently um how much it's so different because the grizzlies look so much better on the road than they do at home um and I, I know it is inconsistency, but it's the numbers are consistent that they're bad at home and they're better on the road. So, um, yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, I'm just I hope that this actual team, uh, the Grizzlies I'm speaking about, is um, is plays well and is able to rest people enough to kind of make this final stretch these last ten games to get in uh, and make sure they secure their spot because. Um, it would be pretty sad if they, you know, just being a homer and as biased as I can be, it would be really sad if they just lost um, and ended up in a nine ten spot after this entire year playing well. Yeah, that would be a real bummer to be staring at nine or ten and actually fall into that. That would be so degrading. Like it would just be a, you know, we've had multiple um, kicks to the groin throughout this season with games, yeah. um, and this would be kind of the cherry on top of groin kicks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that happened. Um, do we have an announcement to make, or do you want to hold off? Um, go ahead. I, why not? I uh, I announced you, something. You, enter, you tell it to the people. You tell okay. it to the people. So is this more the this podcast? So the so the one I'm doing um, for sure that I'm doing myself. Um, the Grizzlies last oh. few games. <laughs> so we have two two announcements. The last few games with the Grizzlies, um, I am doing a uh, roughly 10-minute podcast um, in between the games, reviewing and previewing matchups and the game. So kind of keeping everybody up to speed, how things are going, how the matchups and the standings are going. Um, I think that's important for our fan base. So uh, follow us. You know, we'll see a lot more action. Um, so if you have, you know, if you had our stuff automatically download, just know that we're going to put out quicker pods, uh, something that's, you know, e- very easily digestible that you can listen to on your way to work or just, you know, a 10 minute podcast here and there. Um, I think it's very good, but very good for the fan base. So the Grizzly stuff will come out uh, in between games. If it's a back-to-back, I'll try to get something the day of the, the second half of the back-to-back. But the other announcement we have, uh, this is more of Ryan's deal and I'm going to help him as needed. Um, it will be very tough to do, but going into the last part of the season, as well as the playoffs, um, we kind of want to give you a little bit more and just kind of piggybacking off the same idea as the Grizzlies one. 
Uh, 15 minutes or less, um, you would say, Ryan? Yes, I would say so. 15 minutes or less, and that will be tough. Just kind of giving you an overview of the the day of the NBA. So, uh, you know, let's say there's a you know full slate of games on Wednesday. The next morning, trying to do a, a quick 15 minute pod and putting it out, you know, before the next slate of games comes that that next day. Um, kind of talking about matchups, uh, teams, you know, how well they did, any injuries, any news, but something very very fast uh, and furious. Uh, 20, 21, 22. <laughs> Uh, whatever whatever number Fast and Furious is on. Um, now featuring John Cena. Um, yeah, I just think that um, I think that'll be very important. And eventually, uh, we would like to take this, uh, and these are very long terms, more closer to what the lead sports media um, and do something uh, featured around that. But as of right now, we're going to stay on the free basketball platform as we know it. Um, so the only thing I can tell you is if you only are set up for one download a day or, you know, only keeping one download in your thing, maybe open that up to keeping two shows um, or just know that you could have, you could miss two or three shows, you know, if you miss a day, just because we're going to put out uh, more content, but more compressed content, which should give you a good quality, uh, very fast paced. So um, did I do it justice? Yes. I think that was a very good explanation. Yeah, I, I think that it was we, – we, we can do a lot of long-form type talks here. Right. And we thought that, you know, something that most people can listen on their way to work, 10 to 15 minutes, just the highlight the day's games or whatever the game of the night was, um, talk a little bit about that kind of stuff just to keep you updated what's going on. I think we are going to have more of since we only have two weeks. Maybe we'll do kind of like a game or two towards the end of the season as like a rev up. As like a warm-up, quote-unquote, kind of like LeBron and AD, you know? Right. Um, but mostly it's going to be an NBA playoff-centric thing. So yeah. a lot of games at first, and then once we get deeper in the playoffs, it's just going to get fewer and fewer games. So you're going to get more super in-depth analysis. So we'll try to be quick about it. I know I said at the top that we're going to be quick today, but here we are once again. Um, <laughs> good conversation with you, Daniel. I'm sure we will try to do a locker room real soon. If not, Keep checking your Twitter. Follow us at Free Basketball Three. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, anything, any, any place, and anywhere you listen to, you should be able to find us. We are part of the Lead Sports Media. So, everybody, enjoy the next couple weeks. We will be back hopefully in the next few days, and maybe we'll be able to put Cody's face on a couple of milk cartons while we're at it. Everyone have a good rest of the week. Daniel, Daniel, good to talk to you, buddy. I'll see you soon. See you.